Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Radio home of the Buffalo Sabres, live from KeyBank Center. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. Painful loss tonight for the Buffalo Sabres. 3-2 in a shootout to Montreal. 48 shots, not enough to beat Caden Primo and the Canadians tonight. And the Sabres' power play woefully killing them again on a night that they go 0 for the night. Sabres cannot get enough goals to win it, and they fall 3-2. to A key game in the standings. I know it's early December, but as these four-point swing games with teams that are in the race with you, a chance to move ahead of Montreal tonight if with a regulation win or at least into a tie with a shootout or OT win goes by the wayside. Sabres do get a point, but... It does not feel like they are feeling good about themselves right now after a 48-shot performance. But the power play just killing them tonight. 0 for 5 in 5-on-4 situations. 0 for 2 in 5-on-3 situations. 0 for 2 in 4-on-3 situations. Almost 10 minutes. Actually, over 10 minutes of power play time. All right, down to the room. Kyle Oposo up first, live with Paul. Well, uh, a good opening period for you guys. It seemed like maybe you lost your way a little bit in the second period then got it back in the third period. Uh, was it just the flow of that game? Um, you know, we just, we just had to kill off a penalty. You know, they score, they score a power play goal, one at the end of the four on four. I don't, I don't think we played bad in the second period. It just, um, you know, we, I thought we played, played pretty well. Um, I thought we did a good job. Forechecking, staying above them for the most part. A few mistakes, um, gave up a few on my rushes, but you know, other than that, I really liked our game. Does this, I mean, does this sting? I mean, you, you had opportunities early, opportunities late. I mean, you played a pretty solid game overall. I mean, yeah, it hurts not to get the win, but I think that we can agree that the last two games have looked a little bit different than the previous 25 or whatever, whatever we played. So um, it's more of how we want to play and. I think if we keep doing that on a nightly basis, we're going to put ourselves in a, in a spot here to be there. Obviously, we can see it looks different, but what about it feels different? You know, you guys get those quick goals on you, but what can you say about the response to that adversity? Has it been different than maybe what it's been for the last 25? Uh, I just think we have an intent, and it's very specific in, in what we want to do and how we want to play. And it's, you know, I've talked about the word identity over the whole year. We're still trying to find it, still trying to find it. And, um, you know, those two games are, are as close to it as we've played all year. So um, just getting back to to pressure on the pucks and, and playing fast like we know how to do and, and teams struggle with our speed. And, um, 
you know, there's no more resting on, you know, we were a good offensive team and we're just going to outscore them. We'd, we're putting the work in. I think, um, I think we did that tonight and we have to continue to do that. Do you disagree with Eric getting five in a major for that, that hit? I do. I just, like I was telling Trevor, I mean, we're having a conversation out there. I just, I don't understand how Evander Kane gets nothing last night. And then there's a five-minute penalty. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like it's the exact same play. There's an injury on the play. I, under, I understand that he has to call it, and that's that's fine. That's not on him. I just don't like the consistency factor. Like that's that's a literal identical play with zero zero penalty, and then one with a five in a game. It doesn't make sense. Talk about the play Connor Clifton makes on your goal, just to put pressure on to cause that turnover, and just to take me through that, if you would. Yeah, I mean it's it's her system, right? It's pressure in the puck and. Making sure that if you're if you're the first guy, you go, and you know he just um, he wanted that puck. He wanted it more than the, the two guys in white sweaters, and you know he made a heck of a play. He gets it on net, and um, all I got to do is put it in. So it was a great individual effort by him. You guys had a couple of chances on the power play. I'm mean, just generally, is it just about keeping it simple? You know, to get you guys to get back to you know consistently producing and taking advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's uh, you know sometimes you got to just volume shoot and just shoot and shoot and shoot and then things open up and then your skill comes out and um you know we did have a couple of opportunities i had two that i should have put away um early and then you know we're talking about a different game but um just have to stick with it and like i said you gotta when things aren't going in you have to get pucks to the net and get guys there it's as, as cliche as that sounds that's that's how you break out the slump on the pp from watching it from above it just seemed like the mindset was you you had no question in your mind you guys were going to tie that game in the third period just the way you guys came out yeah, I don't think we ever panicked. I mean, it was 2 nothing. There was no hanging our heads. It was just we've worn on them for two periods, and they're going to crack. And, you know, Tomer makes a great play. Skinny puts that in early, and then, you know, we just keep pushing. We just we know that if we play like that, it's going to wear on teams. And tonight, I thought in the third period, that's that's where it showed, and we were able to get a ton of opportunities and have a lot of looks and um, just didn't get the result tonight. Two games in, what can you say about Robinson's play on the line, off the puck? Just what's it been like seeing next to him? He's been great. Just you know exactly what you're getting. Simple, hard, um, gritty, uh, makes makes plays, you know, has a nose for the net. He was in front. He could have had two tip goals tonight. And, um, you know, he had one called back in Boston the other day. So he's, uh, he's uh, you know, just a straight-line player that, that you know what you're going to get, and he's been great. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle Poston, I believe Jeff Skinner is over here. Jeff, uh, you guys did come back to tie the game, but w w with all the shots and opportunities you guys had, do you, do you feel like uh, you, you should have had more than two goals as a team with the opportunities that you guys produced? Yeah, for sure. We'd like to capitalize uh, more than we did, but uh, sometimes that's the way it's going to go. I think it's, um, yeah, it's, you're not looking for kind of moral victories here, but I think if you put that kind of effort and, and sort of, execution in, in the ozone on sort of every night I think we'll, we'll, we'll take our chances so um, yeah for sure we'd like to capitalize a little more but uh, um, at least we some good opportunities and, and now it's just about bearing down on us. For the power plays the key just just to shoot and, and, and create opportunities off of that what, what do you think just just to get the consistency that you guys are looking for? Yeah maybe uh, Maybe we look for a couple of passes that we could have taken shots, but I, I don't know. I, I think we still had some good looks. I had one right on the goal line, kind of all alone. So, um, yeah, I, I thought we did a good job entering his zone 
Um, a lot of pucks were kind of bouncing around, um, sort of down below the goal line, it seemed like. But, uh, yeah, we like to generate as many shots as we can. It's just, just about sort of creating the looks that, that we want. Obviously, we had some big power plays in the game, and, and we weren't able to capitalize on them. So that's uh, something we've got to improve. And your goals, you, is it just simply you finding the crease there and, and Thompson seeing you there and knowing you're going to be there? I honestly think he was passing to Mitzi behind me because um, I heard Mitzi calling for it, and, and I know uh, it was kind of in my skates. So I think he was looking for Mitzi and, and uh, just fortunate kind of bounced off my skate, and then I think I saw the goalie bite a little bit on the pass and just kind of put it on net. So that's kind of how I read it. You know, final result notwithstanding, what was different about this comeback? It just seemed much more direct and level-headed, and you guys weren't fumbling to try and come back. What was different about the attitude this time? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we just had a little bit more urgency. Obviously, um, you got to get to that as, as soon as you can when you're down. Um, but I, I just I like to compete. I think it's a pretty physical game. Obviously, you guys stepping up, uh, protecting each other, Cliffy doing a good job. I think just one of those games where guys didn't back down and and uh, and we kind of kept kept sort of kept stayed on our toes and kept taking the game to them. I think and. Um, yeah, again, unfortunately, we, we didn't sort of execute enough to, to, to get the win, but I think we keep doing that. We'll, good things will happen for us. Jeff, what did you see on the power play? I mean, you guys did have 13 shots on goal, but you go for six. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you try and generate as much as you can. I think for me, you give yourself or yourselves as, as many opportunities as you can. And for us, um, I thought we did a good job entering the zone and, and – that's been a challenge for us at some points, but um, we we're good with that tonight, I think. And, and then, I mean, he made some good saves, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you get 13 shots on the PP every night. I think I think we'll be, be happy with kind of the results we get out of that, but obviously you'd like to, to bear down and, and find a way to get one. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Skinner on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, that is Jeff Skinner. The storyline of this game for many, will be the power play and the struggles that it goes with uh, continue tonight. Skinner commenting there on the power play. He said, yep, you know, the entries were better. I would agree. That has been a very poor part of the power play this year, have been the entries. Um, to me, tonight, I thought the biggest issue on the power play was their passing. It seemed as though there was a Montreal stick in the passing lane quite often, or the Sabres may be trying to force something, make that extra pass instead of just getting that puck toward the net. It seemed as though the simple play of trying to get that puck toward the net where you have the man advantage. The opportunity on a rebound, that puck hits toward the net, you know, hits the goalie or hits the body. You have the advantage percentage-wise in terms of who's first to the puck from there because you have the extra guy on the ice. And that, you know, play it simple sort of mentality that the Sabres keep talking about, I still think is severely lacking when they're on the man advantage. I do think their entries were better. I will agree with Skinner on that. Um, but, I mean, this goaltender tonight does not come in with great numbers, and they've got to figure out a way to bear down and finish some of those off for sure. I know that you know, it's easy to say, but, I mean, they've got plenty of skill, and the top power play unit had a ton of time. Even at the end of regulation, I just thought the urgency to get it done before the horn. I know that they were going to carry over to four on three, and they still had time. But the standings count. Giving Montreal a point, it ended up being two, 
But at that time, if you can score in regulation, that is meaningful. And they were passing the puck around like they had like a four-minute power play and all the time in the world. And I just, you know, to me, who look at somebody on that bench has got to remind everybody, hey, this is a team that is one point ahead of you in the standings, and you can pass them tonight. And they're you're in their division. And winning in regulation has value. They were skating around as if, like, well, we got, you know, we still got another minute coming. And, and I'm not saying force something, but I, they didn't, to me, seem like it was urgent and it was direct. I'm, I'll use Granado's word that he's been using a ton here, direct. Just a lot of perimeter stuff. And then trying to make those cute passes, it wasn't necessarily the best in terms of what I think they can do. 3-2 Montreal in a shootout. I don't know if we'll have any more from the room here momentarily. We'll uh, we'll see what we have, but uh, I don't know if Paul's going to catch up with more. So, Frank, if you know anything, let me know before we take our first break here. Final shot totals, 48-31 Savers. Power plays again, 0 for 6. That's a, a huge storyline of this game tonight as Buffalo falls and gives Montreal the extra point. It was an opportunity for the Sabres to pass the Canadiens and in, this, in the standings tonight, but uh, that'll have to wait for another night as the Canadians now move to 27 points. Uh, the Sabres with 25. They move into a tie with Pittsburgh uh, in the overall Eastern Conference. Okay, down to the room. Devin Levi is now live with Paul. Devin, you got a 0-0 game going in 14 seconds. It's 2 nothing, and then that's the end of the scoring as far as them, them scoring goals on you. Uh, was it a bit of a weird game that way because you, you had the saves before and after and then two going in 14 seconds. What's your mindset then? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, in a hockey game you expect a little bit of chaos. Um, and, you know, you just got to embrace it. You know, obviously it's not ideal, but you take the punches and roll with them, and I think that's what we did. We shut it down after, and, um, you know, Two goals isn't, isn't a big lead in the NHL, so, um, you know, we scored two quick goals also, and we were right back in it, so. You got off quickly in the shootout, and then it didn't go as well for you. Uh, what were your, what, what, how did you approach that shootout? Yeah, you know, I got to be better. You can't stop them all, but, um, you know, some pretty talented shooters. It was fun to, to be out there, um, but, yeah, back to the drawing board. From your perspective on the other end of the ice, what was it like to watch the comeback tonight? It seemed a lot more level-headed and directed than previous comebacks we've seen this team try to bridge. So what did it look like from your end? Yeah, it looked like a full team effort. Um, I think that we had everyone going. Um, everyone wanted to put the puck in the net, and I think that, you know, the guys played unbelievable in front of me today. Um, you know, the to come back against a team like that, they're a good team, and, um, you know, we, uh, we were all over them for a certain period of time. You know, I think we got like 49 shots. So, um, you know, Caden Primo played really well. Time you were gone in Rochester, there was a lot of talk here about the lack of compete. I mean, the last two games, certainly that's not a talking point. How do you feel this team really has elevated itself these two games? Yeah, you know, I think these two games are games you want to be in as a player. You know, if you're a competitor, you're out there, you're you're enjoying the moment, and you're you're thriving kind of off that off that juice from the crowds. And um, the buildings have been unbelievable. The fans have been awesome. Um, you know, they've definitely been giving us some energy and. Um, I think that, you know, these the last two games, uh, Boston and here Montreal, you know, they've been they've been games where I think both teams are just going at it. And, you know, it's it's so fun to, to play on the ice when when you got two teams drooling at the mouth to win. So, um, you know, I think it, it took it brought the competitor out of us. We we're having fun and, you know, we're just going to keep going, keep competing on the ice. Did you feel that way? I mean, you're in, in goal. All right. It's two nothing. But did you think to yourself, if we keep playing like this, we'll be fine? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I wasn't really thinking about outcomes. I was just kind of focused on, you know, just stopping whatever comes my way. Mm -hmm. um, and I just trusted that the boys would net too if, if I did my job. So, and they did. Backdoor save on Caulfield. How'd, how'd that play develop from Yeah, you know, um, Suzuki held the puck for a while. I thought he was going to shoot it for sure. Um, and he made a nice pass to Caulfield, and it was kind of just a desperation save, just try to get something on it. I think I got it with, like, my toe. Um, so it, it was, uh, you know, it was a fun sequence. Plenty of Northeastern connections tonight, obviously, but Struble scores one on you. Is that going to be fodder in the group chat, or how much do you think that's going to be discussed? Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that one. <laughs> For sure, I'll definitely hear about that. Thanks, Devin. Devin Levi in the post game. Brian, back to you. Yes, a lot of uh, Northeastern connections here tonight. Struble gets his first ever NHL career goal. He, of course, uh, also Northeastern, and both goalies were too. Well, a 3-2 Montreal shootout victory. Again, I would agree with what Levi and with what Oposo said. This is, looks like a different team these last two games. Maybe the compete level has been f figured out. But on a night where you put up 48 shots and you've got a ton of power play opportunities, feels like you let one slip away here against a team that you could have passed with a regulation win. Up next is Arizona, Monday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, that'll be our next broadcast. For all of our local affiliates, we're going to say goodnight to you at this time. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on our flagship in Buffalo on WGR, more of the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame coming up. Final score again in a shootout. The Canadians beat the Sabres 3-2. I'm Brian Colziel. We'll be back with Don Granato's postgame comments next. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. The Canadians break it out. They've got three on this rush. Two on one now. Here's Suzuki. Backdoor pass. Levi. Oh, my goodness. He may have gotten some help over there in the second moment of it, but Devin Levi. Devin Levi had a couple of monster saves in this one, but that one, as he said, just got a toe on it out of desperation on Caulfield late in the third on a two-on-one. That is our save of the game brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local upstate Honda dealers today. Welcome back to KeyBank Center. It's the upstate Honda dealers postgame. 3-2 shootout victory for the Canadians as the Sabres give up a point in the standings. And, well, not only a point for them, but they give Montreal two as they extend their lead in the divisional standings. We will update you those a little bit later on in postgame after we get Brayton scores from around the NHL. Don Granado coming up here while we wait for him. Let's get in our final stats. They're brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. Well, the Sabres, in their terms of their shot totals, 48 tonight, 17 in the first, 12 of the second, 16 in the third, 3 in the overtime, 48. To Montreal's 31, 7, 15, 8, and 1 across the periods on the overtime. Power plays, the Sabres tonight, I mean, just... The way they set this up, 0 for 5, 5 on 4, 0 for 1, 5 on 3, 0 for 1, and when it turned into a 4 on 3 situation. Uh, not a good night for Buffalo there. Caden Primo gets the win, 46 saves. Busy night for him. Devin Levi the loss, 29 saves. Your three stars, Skinner from Buffalo, star number 3, Levi from Buffalo, star number 2, and Primo from Montreal. Star number one. And we'll call Caden Primo tonight the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think Town 
Ford. Sabres next will play Arizona on Monday at 7 o'clock. We'll have the pregame for you at 6 along on WGR and along the Sabres radio network. And then Buffalo will head out west for games uh, in Denver, in Vegas, and in Arizona. Uh, that'll be all coming up on the road trip. Those will be late games, 10 p.m., 10 p.m., 9 p.m., respectively, uh, with those games. But Monday, back here home against Arizona at 7 o'clock. I would agree with the comments of the players. I think the Sabres' energy was very good. They obviously, with their shot total, uh, had plenty of opportunities to score, so that mentality of getting it to the net, that was there for them for sure. It's just how often have we had this conversation after games that a goaltender who comes in, by the way, with terrible numbers, Caden Primo, an 886 save percentage this year, a 372 goals against his career save percentage in the league is 875 and a 402 goals against average. They need to bear down more. They've got talented players doing this. You know, I'm not talking about the Sabres' fourth line not figuring out a way to score here. I'm talking about the fact that, you know, Casey Middlestead had chances to score twice tonight, couldn't get it done. Skinner, even though he does score, he had some snipes in the first period right on the doorstep. That Middlestead three-on-one, he's got to finish that. Thompson put it right there, couldn't get it done. You know, Middlestead then at the end of the second has a golden opportunity. They couldn't get it done. But the power play, to me, it comes back. It's still the story tonight. They've got to do something different. There just seems to be hesitation to be direct toward the net. A lot of perimeter passing. Anytime they try to go a pass cross ice or through the crease, it's intercepted, deflected all the time. Uh, it's just the team, you know, the teams are willing to give them the pass around the edges, the perimeter passing. But anything else, the Sabres just seem to be not able to get those passes to connect like they did in, la- in previous seasons where, you know, they'd be bang on the stick and in the net or the tap in backside. They're not there. And I think a piece of it, too, is there's not a lot of movement from the Sabres overall. You've got to get them to maybe get the defense to move a little to open up some of these passing lanes. It seems as though they are forcing these passes quite a bit over the course of the night. So, I mean, for Buffalo's power play to have this many opportunities at night's end, you know, I think with the talent that they have, that first power play has plenty of guys like last year that, that they had last year that produced offensive numbers. They have to be able to perform better in your own building in a key divisional game. And that, again, brings us to the point here. These division games or these games in the East, when you're playing Washington, you're playing Pittsburgh, you're playing Montreal, you're playing New Jersey, Detroit, these are the teams that are going to be in the mix with you for a wild card race. And yes, you know what? I mean, you could summarize tonight and say, look, they look different. The energy's better. You could just say, oh, you're just snake bitten by a goaltender tonight. You had 48 shots. You had the better of the chances. But you still, this is another game where you gave a team that you could have passed tonight with a regulation win. You gave them two points that maybe they didn't deserve to have. And that's just another team in the standings now that you're going to have to leapfrog at some point. You know, Buffalo is not that far out in terms of the playoffs. If it, you know, if you look at the cutoff line right now, the Capitals have 29. They'd be the last team in. Uh, the Sabres have 25. So they're not that far back. But they have one, two, three, four, five, six teams that they would have to pass in order to get that done. Pittsburgh, Montreal, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, and Washington. And all of those teams have played less games. The Capitals have played four less games than the Sabres. New Jersey, three less games. Carolina and Pittsburgh, two less games. Montreal, one less game. So um, 
you know, at some point here, that's also going to provide opportunities for the other teams to get something done and maybe extend their league. Okay, Don Granado is now live. Let's take you downstairs. At the third period, we had yeah, we had our chances. Obviously, uh, plenty of chances to score more than two. Uh, whether that was in the first period or second or third, and, and even in overtime, just didn't do it. But we had plenty of opportunity. Talked so much recently about the compete level, and nothing's ever solved. But what's your just your reflection on these two games in terms of your guys playing at a different level? Uh, we've absolutely played at a different level, and you can see that with a number of uh, with more physicality, um, more initiative. Five guys in scrums, and you know there's plenty of indicators of that. Better shot mentality, uh, even though you finish the game and you still feel you. Should have passed up some opportunities to shoot that, that, that was still better in that regard, which are aggressive traits. And we need uh, lots more aggressive traits based on recent play. And so the process was much, much better. And the process was consistent with compete and battle through the course of the game, generating chances through that. Uh, but the result is uh, frustrating. Each of those power plays were different, Don, but just generally, when and trying to get that both groups back to producing on a consistent level, taking advantage of you know a team taking bad penalties. How is is the is the key just simplifying? What do you want to see from those two units to get them to take advantage? More direct, more willingness to shoot uh, and attack. Um, I think you got to separate the two units. I thought the second unit. Did more of that tonight. Poso net front twice, uh, and and, and uh, Olafson net front on a rebound. You know where there's a converge and there's an attack. Uh, Skinner had a couple uh, low plays um, to the net attacking, but more of that. Not enough of that in the amount of time we had on the power play. I don't know five or six chances in in, in, in a lot of time. Uh, the the penalties drawn, I would say, would because of the compete level and the work. So it was, um, I don't look at it as, as a team taking bad penalties, as you're forcing a team to take penalties by playing aggressive five on five, attacking five on five. And uh, it, it looked like that. But again, uh, so if you're back to the answer, uh, more direct, more decisive on the power play, much like we've talked about five on five, which we've seen the last couple of games. We need that on the power play. Jeff was talking about the power play. He did say also bear, we could bear down a little bit better, too, on some of the chances. Did you, did you feel that way, too, that maybe they could have bared down on a couple of the power play chances? Well, if, you, if you're not decisive enough on the attack, then yes. Yes. I mean, it's, again, the compete and the aggressive play. When, and I've stood here many times. When you have challenges and issues, first turn to your compete. And I think we can compete harder more more direct on the power play, um, get shots quicker, just be, just generate a shot and attack mentality. And um, to me, that uh, that would that could have been a difference maker for us tonight. On the Robinson play, I, I thought it right away. Kyle mentioned it in the locker room. Is the issue really the consistency factor? You see a play like a Vander Kane last night get nothing, and you, your guy gets a major. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think to me, it, it when I reviewed it and looked at it, I. I saw a player playing a puck as he, he finished his hit and the stick was down on the ice looking for the puck as he was finishing. So it wasn't an egregious uh, I'm disregarding the puck 
to, to run over a guy as a, as a single objective. Uh, it was clear to me watching it um, that, that he was still looking for the puck the entire time. Which, But I, I can't speak for that. I'm just telling you what I, what I saw on it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't uh, make the calls, and I don't know the, the, the league and the standards. So, um, yeah, you, you move on with it. So. Going back to kind of what you were saying before, I mean, are, you, are you confident if you, if you guys keep playing the way you've played the last two, you're going to be rewarded more often than not? Yes. If the compete level remains high, yes. Um, very confident of that. Boston and tonight, what do you think is just clicking and putting Clifton into a higher gear? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned he hadn't looked like himself, but, you know, he, again, competing. Just um, the, the, the Akposo goal, a perfect example, he, he committed to jump. And uh, prior you'd see a hesitation, I better get back. And even though he already made an aggressive play and you can't back off it at that point, he didn't back off it. We score three seconds later. Um, so more aggressive play, obviously more physicality. I think, you know, after his suspension, I thought he'd been hesitant. Uh, it was the first time he was suspended for a hit that he'd thrown. You know, he's thrown hundreds and hundreds of hits. Um, and that that can get you in the psyche. Like, you know, um, so so I think he's, I think that affected him uh, engaging to the, to the level he needs to. And uh, he appears to be back to that. Levi is, uh, you know, he, he. We know him as a very focused guy, um, and there were intermittent there. He made a phenomenal save late in the game. Um, so, yeah, it was. Uh, he, he was impressive tonight. Um, showed his talent. Thank you, guys. Okay, there's Sabres head coach Don Granado. Our blue and gold locker reports are brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org slash WGR. We bring it back up here to the press box. Brian Colziel with you. 3-2 shootout victory for Montreal. We'll get Brayton scores and a check of the NHL standings in just a little bit. Also, Paul Hamilton's take. But while we wait for Paul, let's get into the highlights from this one. And we will pick it up in the third period. The game in favor of Montreal by a 2-0 score. 106, though, into the third. Buffalo... Jumping on the board for the first time, it's Jeff Skinner on a nice setup from Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson intercepts that. Thompson, top of the far circle. Skinner in front scores! Tage Thompson looked for his linemate, and Jeff Skinner with the finish slides it home, and it is indeed now a 2-1 Montreal lead with an early third period goal by Buffalo. 106 into the third. Thompson set up Skinner for his 12th, 2-1 Montreal. Sabres just a little over five and a half minutes later tie the game. Clifton grabs the puck, shoots, and Oposo follows it up. In the third period, Montreal 2, Buffalo 1. Here's a turnover in front. scores! Captain by Captain Kyle Oposo has tied the game at 2. 6.36 into the third, Oposo's fourth from Clifton tied the game at two for Oposo that's his 600th NHL point good chances down the stretch Montreal has a couple of good ones Caulfield on a two-on-one robbed by Levi then Dvorak had a look with 130 to go 
Buffalo then went on the power play with 106 left. Could not, though, get some shots through at times, to, in my opinion, uh, choosing to sh- pass instead of shoot. It goes into the overtime. Buffalo can't score on the four-on-three, and it remains overtime, four-on-four throughout the most. Really no whistles at all. And then it ends up going into a shootout. And in the fourth round, Canadiens win it. Levi Willow, Slavkovsky, scores! And the Canadians in the shootout get the extra point, win it 3-2. Slavkovsky's game winner in the shootout tonight is our NOCO play of the game, brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. 3-2 Montreal, victorious, they get two points, Buffalo gets one. Paul Hamilton coming up here in just a moment, we'll get his thoughts here. As uh, we welcome all of you listening on your drive home from KeyBank Center, your drive home is brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. All right, let's go back down to the media room. Paul Hamilton is there. Well, Paul, I feel like I've uh, been on a balancing beam act here tonight. I've been saying about how this mirrored the Bruins game in terms of the effort, the energy, the compete. But then I've also said... This is still a results-oriented business against a divisional opponent, against a team that you need to finish ahead of, and you let them have two points on a night that you were the better team. So I'm kind of back and forth on how I feel about this one. And you let a goaltender like Caden Primo beat you. I mean, he's got a career over 4.402 average coming into the game, and you can't get the amount of shots you had on him and only get two goals. And I think we talked about it in intermission, and I'll say it again. Jeff Skinner brought it up, and I didn't even ask about it. He just brought it up. I I think there were some of the chances they didn't bear down on uh, that thought maybe they had the goal and they didn't bear down on some of the chances they had. But they did create the chances, which I think is important. I mean, the important part of these two games is you know, you saw high compete in these two games, and they produced offensive chances, but they let a goaltender that had no business beating them beat them, and and that's that's the problem. And a team that was only one point ahead of you into the standings, and now you know you 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 gave them an extra point. You know, you got to you got to leapfrog six teams, and they were one of them that you're trying to leapfrog, and. You know, you, you played well enough to get two points and have them leave with none, just like you did in Washington, where you should have left Washington with two points and the Capitals with none. But in both cases, you leave with one point and they leave with two. Um, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was shocked at the shootout. I wasn't expecting Devin Levi to let in three goals. It's not perfect by any means, but... Um, I, I just figured, uh, you know, the, and they were nice moves. I mean, that last one, wow. I mean, uh, Levi wasn't even in that one. Uh, it was just what a move that was put on there by the number one overall pick a, a year ago. But uh, I was especially after he makes a save with a stick check on the first one. So he's – and then Buffalo, you get two goals in the shootout, and you're thinking, oh, you got Levi in goal. He's pretty good at shootouts that you're going to win that. And they didn't. I was very, very surprised because he had a great game. He's had yeah. two great games in a row now. Um, the first goal was a tip-in. You know, you're not – and Buffalo got caught in a bad change. And, uh, you know, they wind up getting a tip-in. They couldn't uh, – Johnson, Eric Johnson couldn't get back into play fast enough. He came from the bench to try to get back into the play. And then, 
I don't know, the power play goal, if you want to have a conversation about it, maybe. But still, I thought Levi had a great game, made a great save on a two-on-one to preserve a 2-2 game. Uh, you know, I, you know, yeah, he gave up two and 14 seconds, but the overall game, I, I think he played really, really well, just like he did in the overall game in Boston. I think, Paul, and you can correct me because you interviewed him, didn't he say in the pregame interview something like he, when you asked him about Rochester and the shootout and all the shots and that he's like, I can't kind of, he's like, I can't kind of wait for the next shootout kind of thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> he went four for four in the shootout in Rochester, but that's also yeah. in the American Hockey League. That's not true. The National Hockey League, uh, which w- with better shooters, but you know, I, he, I'm trying to think. He had a shootout, I'm pretty sure, last year. I, I, I'm trying to think back because I'm trying to think where would I've gotten that impression that he's good at shootouts if, you know, I didn't see him in one. It was the Rangers game last season. Thank you. I just got that in my ear. So, yes, he did have a shootout last year. So, um, I was just, you know, he's not perfect. I mean, shoot, you're, you're going against breakaways. I, I just wasn't expecting that. And you, if you beforehand, if you would have said the Sabres are going to score two, I would have said, all right, they'll win. And For sure. And I just – I was just surprised by that. That's all. Yep, I would agree. Two two out of three for Buffalo in the shootout. I would take that every time. Um, all right, let's talk about what I know, Paul, is shocking to you. The social media reaction tonight is about the power play. Um, how big of a deal is this right now? I mean, Don Granato, to his quote, says that could have been a difference maker tonight. Well, I think that's probably stating the obvious, right? Yeah, I believe they were two for four in the shootout, if I'm not mistaken, because I know Thompson missed and Paterka missed off the top. Tonight, of my yes, head. two of the first three went in, right? And then when it went right. to the extra, the sudden death portion, right. they did miss. Yes. Yeah, with all those shots on the power play, but again, I don't think they bared down enough on it. Um, and you know, here you are, you start <laughs> overtime with a 55 second power play on a four on three. Interestingly enough, we never got to three on three. Yeah. Because. It goes four on four until there's a whistle, and there never was a whistle after the for four minutes. You know, so the the whole overtime was either four on three or four on four. It never got to three on three. Um, and the Sabers, when you think of the four on three power play, never really even got a chance. I mean, they never even got in the zone. It, it just never. But they did get a lot of shots on the power play in this game. But were they quality shots? You know, that's that would be what I would say. I. It's great they got shots, but I don't. I don't think they bared down enough on the power play. Um, I thought, you know, there was the one chance where Benson made a very nice pass to an open Oposo right in the crease area. They got Skinner all alone in the crease area, but he was in very tight, and he tried to go up high and just. It was almost like he put the puck straight up in the air and up over the crossbar. Um, you know, they Casey Middlestad had a great chance that you know that that. Uh, I thought maybe that he could have bared down better on it, and uh, they had others too. You know, Darlene was ripping some shots, and I think he had a pretty good chance from the slot, if I'm not mistaken, too, where, you know, he was stopped by Primo. But, um, you know, it certainly wasn't from a lack of shots they had on the power play, but I also didn't think to myself, oh, wow, what what a save, or oh, wow, they just missed that one. A couple of times, yes. But overall, no, I I didn't you know come away and the, you know that here's a game right there where just one power play goal can win you a hockey game Montreal got one and it won them a hockey game yeah and Paul this is probably going to sound picky but for me I 
you know, it's de- it's early December, but again, this is one of those teams like we mentioned that's going to be in the mix that you're going to have to pass. I would have liked more urgency on that power play at the end of regulation, knowing how important a regulation goal is because that would result in Montreal getting no points in the game. And I thought they were just a little bit too pass-happy and maybe just a little bit too relaxed. I know they still had a minute coming to start the overtime, and it would have been the same four-on-three scenario at that point. But um, I just I thought that last minute, I was sitting up here with Brayton saying, look, play this last minute like almost like you have to have one here. And uh, I just I didn't like the way they played that last minute of the regulation portion, knowing that two points for them, nothing for Montreal, is a big difference than how it turned out. Without looking back at the power plays, I, I can't tell you whether it was Montreal being, you know, taking things away from the Sabres on the power play, not letting them inside, taking away shooting and passing lanes. Uh, you know, that seemed to be what happened in the in the overtime power play. And that last power play you're talking about, it seemed like Montreal got a lot of pucks and sent them down ice. And were they taking a lot of things away from the Sabres and the Sabres weren't adjusting to it? You know, that might have been part of it, too, is, you know, what Montreal did on the kill. Buffalo didn't didn't adjust to it and didn't get a lot of really good scoring opportunities because of it. Paul Hamilton with us here on the postgame. 3-2 Canadians win it in a shootout. Okay, let's just, Paul, let's just finish with the maybe the best thing that our eyes have seen now for two-plus games is that we have seen the compete level rise tremendously. I mean, you and I and you and every conversation with players on postgame was about them not competing two doesn't make a season but this is definitely the most consistent we've seen now for six periods where they look like the team that played in march last year when they did make that run that almost resulted in them getting in the postseason i have to believe if we see efforts like that and compete like that on a normal basis normally i think we'll see a lot more wins than we've seen in the first X amount of games here, however many it's been. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the last two, you know, they wind up getting three out of four points. But I think the disappointment is is they feel, and they should feel, that they should have gotten four out of four points. Um, there's no way Montreal should have left here with a point. There's just not. The, the, the Buffalo was a much better team on the ice, but they weren't good enough to score goals, and that was the problem. And um, they let a goaltender who I, I just – I'm just going to keep saying it. I don't think had any business stoning them. It's happened twice now against Montreal as Jake Allen had uh, close to – I don't think he quite had 40 saves, but close to it in a 3-1 Montreal win in that game. And that was 1-1 going into the third period. And Montreal scored two goals um, on Comrie to, to, to win the game 3-1. to but it was another example where a guy who hasn't put up good numbers this year stoned the Sabres. And uh, Montreal's had two different goaltenders now do that in this building. Allen, in that game you mentioned back earlier this year in October, made 36 saves on 37 shots in that 3-1 win. So good memory on that, Paul. Paul, you got good memory. See, you say you don't. You do. Well, I didn't quite have it. I was one shot off. <laughs> you were close. That's right. <laughs> the point was the same, yes. Thank you for your work tonight, Paul. Enjoy the Bills game tomorrow, and uh, we will see you here Monday for the Coyotes. Sounds good. We will see you then. And folks who are thinking Arizona is an easy win, not anymore. They got a much improved team this year. So uh, 
the Sabres will need to equal the type of efforts they had in the last two games if they plan on beating the Coyotes. Arizona right now currently the top wild card team in the West. Okay, Paul, thank you. Okay. Paul Hamilton down in the Sabres media room on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. All right, we'll get to our injury report here and then our another timeout. It's brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. The return of Rasmus Dahlin tonight, very much helping out the Sabres. Uh, let's look at Dahlin's stat line here as this game is now obviously a final. A plus one, he played just under 30 minutes, 29-28. Five shots on goal, six hits. Big stat line for Darlene in his return. So uh, obviously no signs of whatever was bothering him, soreness, you know, injury, uh, carrying into this game. He was right back there almost to 30 minutes of play. Still, though, there are a lot of injuries to deal with. Alex Tuck, one of the Sabres' best forwards, still out. Uka Pekalukinen, still out. Greenway, Gergensen, still on injured reserve, as is Jack Quinn. So still a lot of players that can have an impact on this team right now still not in the regular lineup. Okay, we'll take a timeout here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. When we come back, we'll get Brayton's scores. We'll update you on the standings. Uh, we'll read some tweets as well. If you want to send yours in, it's at Brian WGR. 3-2 shootout victory for the Canadiens. Back at KeyBank Center in a moment. More Upstate Honda Dealers postgame right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Center ice reaching for his Benson. Can't keep it in play in the Montreal zone. Big hit! Couple of big hits there led by Rasmus Dahlin. It's our Clinton Collision hits of the game brought to you by Clinton Collision. We are there when you need a repair. Welcome back to KeyBank Center here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. 3-2 Montreal shootout winners. Arizona is next here, home on Monday at 7 uh, before the Sabres head out west for games against Colorado, Vegas, and Arizona. Those games all 10-10-9 uh, starts, Eastern start time here. And we'll have all those games for you right here on the Sabres radio network. Now it's time to get our Serve Pro first response from the fans. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy responds first and faster to any size disaster. You can send me your thoughts on Twitter each and every game at BrianWGR. Going to uh, bring in Brayton with me here, too, to go through some of these. Brayton, good, got a discussion here um, referring off to my quote about Levi saying, uh, he says, back to the drawing board on the shootout. Kevin says he can work on it back in Rochester. And then Bob says, sure, let's roll with Comrie after <laughs> Devin Levi just won. <laughs> Kevin's like, nope, I'm going to play UPL. Let Levi go back and practice more with the Amherst. Okay, so I'll ask you to respond to those two thoughts there. Where is the next move in the three-headed goaltender monster right now? Well, I mean, if Lukanen is not able to play on Monday against the uh, against the Coyotes, why not give Devin Levi another shot in goal? See if he can continue to build on these really solid performances in that he was phenomenal against the Bruins, arguably should have had a shutout if it wasn't for Eric, uh, Eric Johnson's skate. Um, he should have had a shutout. Tonight, the two goals... I'm not going to throw on him because the the one was a redirection and the other one 
Suzuki should not have gotten into the zone that easily to be able to get a shot off on goal. It should have been a little more contested. Regardless of that and, and what happened in the shootout here, Devin Levi was was really the true reason the Sabres were able to stay in this and be able to, to force it into overtime uh, and eventually the shootout. But if if it's me, at least, and Lukanen is not ready to go come Monday from his illness, I think you give Levi another game, see how it goes. If he performs just as well as he did this evening or on Thursday night, you have to seriously consider keeping Levi here as maybe the backup option for Lukanen once Lukanen's ready to go and waving Comrie. At this point, who's going to claim Eric Comrie off waivers? I know he's a veteran backup, and unless it's a team that's really dealing with some goaltending injuries or goaltending issues, which I can't think of one off the top of my head. Maybe you've got one, Brian, but it certainly seems like Comrie's struggling, and he just doesn't seem to be in a good rhythm right now. And I know the team hasn't necessarily played well in front of him, but at the same point, you do have to also get some reliable goaltending when things don't go so well, and Comrie just hasn't done enough of that. Yeah, only one win. Yeah, that too. One in five, eight six three save percentage. His goals against four oh one. I mean that at some point, yes, our eyes in the games where Comrie's played, the D in front of them has not been good. But there also have been games when the D hasn't been so great, and mm-hmm. it's been in front of Lukanen and in front of Levi, and they've at least given them still the chance to right. win. It seems like when it's bad in front of Comrie, he doesn't really keep them possibly afloat in a game. It seems like just the wheels come off at that point. I think of the game against yeah. Carolina. I mean, the the two goals that he gave up, the one to Sebastian Ajo and then one a little later, wide open lanes. Guy walks down the lane. Comrie has the full lane to see that shot coming his way and those are ones and I think Paul has said it before too those are ones you need your goaltenders to make saves on and it just consistently isn't happening for Eric Comrie and again I understand Devin Levi is a really nice easy simple transaction it's just a matter of hey you're going to Rochester we'll see you in a little bit when we need you again like this instance where there's an illness or something like that or a minor injury but at this point I, I just don't understand how you you can tell Devin Levi, hey, you've done so well coming back up again. We're going to have to send you back down once more. To me, it just seems like it's it's just not working right now for Eric Comrie, and maybe he has maybe he has to be the one to go back to Rochester, kind of refine his game, and then when that next opportunity comes up, you call him back up, and I get it, the waivers is a situation where you're, you're uncertain whether or not he's going to get claimed, but you take that risk at this point. Salary's just under $2 million. I doubt with what his numbers are, plus that salary, I doubt maybe you'd have teams lining up to claim him. Right. Just with the situation. Right. Maybe yeah. maybe at the beginning of the year you would have thought Tampa Bay because Andre Vasilevsky was out, and then you had Matt Tompkins, and you had Jonas Johansson. Yeah. Not great, but they get Vasilevsky back now. You send Tompkins back to Syracuse. The, the line of teams that would uh, – be trying to claim Eric Comrie, I think, would be very little to no one. So, I mean, it it wouldn't hurt to try to send him to Rochester if he goes. Again, maybe he rekindles his game and finds his way again. But at this point, you just can't, with the two performances we've seen from Devin Levi, and if he gets another one on Monday against the Coyotes and he's stellar once again, there's just no way that you can tell him it's time for you to go back to Rochester now. One more here from Bleed Blue and Gold. He says, the power play one solution for me is to put Olofsson and Thompson on opposite sides. Bombs away, he says. What do you think I, about that? I like that. I mean, 
it just seems like when we're when we're watching these power plays, and we've we were talking about it up here too, they're finding those perfect pa- they're trying to find the perfect pass because they're looking towards Thompson or they're looking towards that one timer from the off wing, and teams are defending it well. I mean, unless you're going to have Tage Thompson do what Ovechkin does and just stand in one spot, literally, and just not move, kind of letting the other team just kind of be like, okay, we know Ovechkin's going to stay where he is and do the same thing with Thompson. Thompson's just not that type of player. He's not going to do that. He's trying to move around. He's trying to get in an ideal position to shoot. But the next thing you know, he gets the puck, and he's a little too low towards the goal line, and he's not in that ideal spot. Teams are taking that spot away from him. You get another guy on the opposite wing that maybe can let it rip. you got two guys you need to try and take that one-timer away. You can't do that unless you're defending in a specific way. So why not just try that? Let you know, bring Olafson up to the top line. Even J.J. Paterka has got a really nice shot with a one-timer. Let him get on the opposite side of uh, of Tage Thompson for a one-timer and just try to open things up a little bit for these guys because if you do, pucks to the net, trying to create rebounds, or you find a way through the goaltender and it's in the net. At this point, why not? Yep. Sabres fall in a shootout. They do get a point. They give Montreal two. We'll tell you what that means in the standings here in a moment, but let's see what happened in the rest of the games. For that, another check of the scores here with Brayton. All right, thanks, Brian. Around the NHL is brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Hmm, man, I want ribs now. It's a busy day across the NHL with 12 games on the slate. There were three games this afternoon that were final before we even started here. Uh, the Coyotes in Boston before they come to Buffalo to play Monday night. They lose to the Bruins, so the Bruins getting revenge on their loss to the Sabres. A 5-3 final for Boston in the victory. New Jersey goes up to... Alberta to Calgary, and they come away with a 4-2 win over the Flames. The Golden Knights in a rematch with the Western Conference Final with the Stars. Well, it's kind of the same from the Western Conference Final. 6-1 final score as the Golden Knights beat the Stars. Elsewhere, the Senators getting a 5-1 win over the Red Wings. Patrick Kane does score his first goal for the Red Wings in a little bit of a scary incident uh, in that game. Dylan Larkin appeared to be knocked out cold on the ice, laying on the ice motionless. However, he did manage to skate off under his own power, which is good. The Maple Leafs getting a 4-0 shutout win over the Predators. Ilya Samsonov with the shutout win there. Same score between the Capitals and Rangers as Washington comes away with a 4-0 win on home ice. The streak is over for the L.A. Kings, Brian. They went 11 straight games to start the season with road wins. Wow. And they lose 3-2 in overtime to the Islanders. J.G. Pajot with the winner there. Final score in Chicago as the Blackhawks end up beating the Blues by a 3-1 score. Currently, third period about to get underway in Colorado. The Flyers leading the Avalanche by a 3-2 score. Second period just getting underway in Seattle as the Lightning are up 2-0 on the Kraken. And then in Vancouver, it's a 1-0 lead for the Canucks over the Carolina Hurricanes. Elsewhere around the sports world, the Bills have activated tight end Dawson Knox off injured reserve ahead of tomorrow's matchup with the Chiefs. Knox has not played since week seven after undergoing surgery to repair a wrist injury. To make room for Knox on the roster, the team has released linebacker A.J. Klein. At the college ranks, the Heisman Trophy has been awarded this evening for college football's player of the year. This year's honors goes to LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, beating out the likes of Ohio State wideout Marvin Harrison Jr., Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, and Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. 
In local college hoops, UB loses to Western Kentucky in Amherst by an 82-65 score. St. Bonaventure, they dominate Siena with an 89-56 win in Olean. And Canisius, they stick around with Pitt for a little while. Unfortunately, they come up short, falling to the Panthers 82-71. In lacrosse, the, little, the defending NLL champion Bandits open their season tonight against the Albany Firewolves in Albany. Doesn't go so well for the Bandits. A 17-13 loss in game one of the season. And in baseball, the uh, maybe the big news of the day, Shohei Otani has found his new home in free agency. And as it turns out, he's staying in Southern California. He's signed on with the Los Angeles Dodgers, a whopping 10-year deal worth $700 million. That's your look around the NHL and the rest of the sporting world. Brian, back to you. That's insane money. <laughs> $70 million Nuts. a year. Nuts money. This is the. This what would you do with seventy million a uh, year? I, I don't <laughs> even know. I mean, what would you do with seven million a year? I don't even know. I. What would I do with seven dollars? <laughs> I was. Yeah, I think. Not much. Yeah. The. I, I, I. There was. I saw a couple of tweets of the breakdown, like per game, per at bat, all the. <laughs> just you know, it's almost depressing in the sense that many of you listening, including you and I here, in terms of like our yearly salary is less than, like, one at bat. Like, it just, yeah. it should, you know, and I have to remember, okay, I'm on the radio talking sports. <laughs> like, I don't want to have people be depressed about sports, but then you see that and you're like, all right, the sports one's kind of messed up in some ways, too, with you, that. You but should, You should join the news know. world. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, there's no problems there, too, with people. Uh, nope, with nope, no problems. Getting money. No uh, problems at maybe all. In the, Yes, I have to remember. We'll save that discussion for another I day. I am feeding the animal as well here. <laughs> I'm on. I'm promoting people listening to sports, right? You know. <laughs> yes, the uh, the machine that is sports. Man, well, good for him. You know, if somebody's going to get it, well, he probably deserves it. You know, if there's any, well, hold on, if there's anyone that is going to get paid that money in the NA, in the NA, uh, in Major League Baseball, the two way ability that he does so unique that the, at these days, I guess I shouldn't say it. It's surprising that he would be the one that gets. There's it. no player like him. There, yeah. there is no player like him in the MLB right now. In the baseball world, there is no player like him. Yep. Standings brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. Well, I mean, I've said it like four times. Here's the fifth. You gave <laughs> two points to Montreal. You could have passed him with a regulation win. But uh, nevertheless, 27 points for Montreal. Sabres and Penguins are next behind with 25 Buffalo's only four points back of a wild card, which, again, doesn't seem like that big of a deal here in December. But you've got Pittsburgh, Montreal, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, and Washington all to pass before you'd actually put yourself in that spot. And every team in that mix has games in hand, some of them up to four games in hand. So with that, by the way, the team that's only three points behind you in the division, Ottawa, has six games in hand. So <laughs> that was something I was saying that yes. earlier in the pregame. Just how is that even possible? I know that they went over to the Stockholm with the Leafs, the Wild, and the Red Wings as well. But how in the heck are they six games behind the Sabers, or no, they, for that matter, for a lot of teams? They haven't had it. They even had any games postponed or anything. It's not no. like it's uh, no. you know. So I know usually in the winter, sometimes you get one or two games you know a year postponed because of bad weather or something. We haven't had that right. yet either. So. Nevertheless, yes, the standings still, the Sabres have some work to do. And, you know, I'll, I'll finish how I was started with Paul tonight. It's that balance beam, yo-yo. Okay, the effort looked better. The shots were there. The stats say it was a better night, but you still lost. You and had 48 shots on goal, and it felt like there should have been 60 shots on goal. Tonight. Yes. 
how often were you and I sitting here, especially on the power play, oh. where we said they passed up on the shot there? Why are they passing through three stick lanes when there was a chance to throw it at the net? You know, and, and, and it's the, so cliche to just say the simpler play is better on the power play, but for the Sabres right now, man, does that seem like the best advice in the world. And even on that last power play just before regulation ended, before overtime, Darlene's calling for the puck from Thompson like he's he need, he knows he needs to shoot. And, I, and I'm thinking his urgency of tapping like that is not only am I open, but there's three seconds I know I have to get it and just let it rip. Right. And then instead he makes a pass. Yeah, tries <laughs> to make a pass to the middle stat. And he had an open lane. I mean, even, even if he had shot it wide or hit a body in front – he had the know-with-all to get the puck and get the puck on net just before the clock hit zero, and he still passes it. The goal that we saw the other night the Bruins got on Levi, their one goal, Marshan mm-hmm. throws it towards whatever, and it goes off Johnson's leg shin and in. Like, the Sabres never get that goal. No. You wonder why. No. Well, you know, maybe Darlene throws it in there and it ricochets off somebody's shin and goes in. You never know. You never know. But because they – tend to not take that shot as much. And it's, this seems very silly of me on a night where the Sabres had 48 shots that I'm sitting here saying they need to shoot, but... I, You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. I think I think that both can be right. Yeah. You can compliment them for the 48 shots and at the same time say, you know, they should have done it more, and they especially on the power play. And like you said, could have had 60 by the end of the night. Yeah. Who knows? On this goaltender, Caden Primo, who came in with horrendous numbers, and somehow he stoned you the whole night. Hockey is weird sometimes. No? Very. Yes. Well, we'll try it again on Monday. Sabres and Coyotes. 7 o'clock puck drop will have pregame at 6. And with that, uh, as we are uh, at 11.10 here at the press box at KeyBank Center, we're going to say goodnight and uh, want to thank all of you for listening here along the Buffalo Sabres radio network. want to thank our crew, Frank Curry back in our Amherst studios for his producing work tonight. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Tom Maddy, our engineer. Brayton Wilson here, producer and anchor. Paul Hamilton, our reporter. And for our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray, I'm Brian Colziel. Again, the final in a shootout. Montreal 3, Buffalo 2. Enjoy the Bills tomorrow. Of course, coverage all day long right here on our flagship on WGR with the Bills and the Chiefs from Kansas City. And then I'll be back with you Monday night here at KeyBank Center for the Sabres and the Coyotes. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Again, thanks for listening. We'll talk Monday night right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.